DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. So while the win percentage with the home and road doesn't, it suggests that um, it's not that big a deal, right? Home... You see the one, the three, and the four seed all lose at home. Okay, how big a deal is that right out of the gate? But it's an easy way to break down a series. And in the long run, we really think it ought to matter. Of course, there's smaller crowds this year. There's all kinds of things. But PK, with all these four series right now, and all this angst we feel with the Jazz after the game one loss, fan bases with the least and most angst, rank them. Or, because it feels so wide open, is everyone just... Pinning the needle. That's old, old school music reference right there. Is everyone else just pinning the needle right now? And there is no way to rank. The, the, the Jazz feel maximum angst right now. The Lakers feel maximum angst right now. You're on Phoenix Radio yesterday. The Suns feel maximum angst right now. It's like, welcome to this time of year. You think you got a shot, so you feel maximum angst. Because I think it's Phoenix and the, and the Jazz. Lakers, zero. Talk about house money. I mean, what's another title? Whoop-de-doo. It's five. It's back-to-back, <laughs> man. You do what you do. What Magic did. But that's Laker fans. I don't think Laker fans have a historical connection to LeBron. That's just LeBron. That's what LeBron wants. I, I get he's playing for it. But some dude in Pacoima. Yeah, they they want to win, but if they don't win... That was reload so, and do it again the next year. Just, uh, It'll never wait end Wait till Lakers. October and the Dodgers will be in a World Series. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> well, maybe they won't be. I don't know, but they have a good shot, obviously. Uh, so I don't. I don't. I don't think there's that much attachment. LeBron is he going to go down as one of the greatest Laker? You're going to put him above Kobe? That's not happening. You're going to put him above Magic? That's not happening. It's just not. It's not going to happen. And Phoenix, Chris Paul is 36 years old. He's made a huge difference this year. There's no doubt. Now, they would have been better without him. But they wouldn't have been the two seed. I don't think so. If, if they would have kept Rubio, I think they would have been better uh, because they were just getting better. Uh, and they got a good coach in there and finally got uh, figured out what they need to do to find ways to win. <clears throat> but Paul has a sense of urgency. And the Jazz, number one seed, man. You have never won a title. Same thing with Phoenix. You've come close, but you've never done it. It's a small town, relatively speaking, in the NBA, and we want it so bad for these guys. And things are looking good. We had 13,500, the biggest crowd. It was going to even increase the home court advantage even more, except they lost. So all that stuff in the moment, I just don't know what difference that makes. It comes down to the players making plays. And to Memphis's credit, they made plays. But I think they feel for the Jazz because you've got you got a couple older guys and Joe and Conley, and and Conley seems to be uh, more brittle as the years go by. And so, how many games are you going to miss next? Is, is the Hammy going to act up? Uh, yes, all this stuff. Yes, the Hammy's going mean, to act next. But year. I'm not. I mean, in the oh, playoffs. in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a decent chance to get through the playoffs yeah. with him. Yeah, healthy. He's not playing 82 games next year. We already know that. No, 50 to 65. Right. Uh, Probably because yeah. the back to backs are going to take. I don't even know he's going to be with the Jazz. So right, uh, but so there's a sense of urgency in in that. But the, which, but that is a positive. That's not a negative. 
I think a sense of urgency can be something that can be used in the proper manner. And we saw it. We saw them at the last portion of the game in the fourth quarter have a sense of urgency, and they came storming back, and they made it a ball game. I don't know that you can play like that for four quarters, but they did that. So I believe a sense of urgency is great and can be used well. Now, a sense of panic is another story. But I don't think they're anywhere near that. Not at all. It's not even. It shouldn't even be even intimated that you're discussing no. it. They lost one game. Whoop de freaking do! <laughs> if they win sixteen, they're not going to go sixteen and one. And sixteen is what you need to win the whole thing in number of wins. Well, they're not going to go sixteen and one. So I'm perfectly fine. I have zero angst about this series. Now, in 48 hours, I could have 95% angst. Okay, there it is. <laughs> Even that, I don't think Wednesday is a must-win. Now, it's a very, very important game, obviously. Extremely important. Uh, but a, they could still overcome that. It would be very difficult. You have to obviously win four out of five, and that's hard to do. Uh, and I, when you talked about confidence, and that's where I think Memphis has an opportunity to really just grow their confidence. If they win this ball game, man. But then, too, the pressure shifts. That to was, them. you took the words right out of my mouth. At 2 0 yeah. going home, there'd be pressure on him. There's right. no expectation for them to win the series. Uh, I disagree with that. Really? I think if you had Dylan Brooks right here and say, What's your expectation to win the series? And he'd say, Very high. Okay. I'll give you people in that locker room think they the can do it. They're the ones that matter. They're the ones that matter the most. I thought you were talking about our perceptions. Nobody's picking them outside of their locker room. Well, they can legit go and shock the world. They only have to play 500 ball to win the series. That's a true story. They split the next six. They're good to go. Yeah. Of course, that means that they're going <clears> to <throat> win game seven on the road, which NBA history says is real difficult to do. But nonetheless, we've seen teams playing their first game seven do it. The Jazz did it. Williams and Boozer, their first game seven on the road. So it's doable. Can be done. But my point is, there's actually more pressure on the Grizzlies today than there was Sunday morning. Hey, you beat the Warriors. You beat Steph Curry. Now, it's, you know, it's not that where he had the full deck that he's playing with, but you beat them. You beat the Spurs, whoop de doo I actually think that the play-in benefited the Grizzlies. Gave him a chance to warm up and get yeah, into it. Yeah. yeah, they played a crappy team. <clears throat> and they were the favorite. They had to win that game. And they, they got did. a big lead, and then they lost it, but they still won. The Warriors had to go right literally down to the last second against the Lakers. So a lot took a lot out of them. The, the Grizzlies didn't have that. This playing thing is a great thing. I love to see it continue. But it, the not, you were better off having the ninth seed than you were the eighth seed. And they did what they needed to do. Good for them. And then they come in here and they get this win. All right, well, they're beyond all the little happy-go-lucky story of, of this team just sort of playing out there, blah, 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 blah. No, I don't, think, I don't think that's the case. They're playing to win just as much as anybody else. And Taylor Jenkins, it's not exactly Pat Riley here. <laughs> Whoever heard of Taylor <laughs> Jenkins, right? Uh, nobody. Right. So he's coaching. he's coaching to keep a job. Are you kidding me? They all are. In, in, in pro sports, you literally could be coach of the year and be fired the next year. Happened many times. Yeah. True story. Then they're done that. So 
there's all sorts of pressure on these guys. And they're trying to establish themselves. You know, Morant's not going anywhere. I get that. But he's got pride, and he's trying to to establish himself league-wide, and, and it's harder to do in Memphis. If he's running around uh, in Los Angeles, he probably wouldn't have the opportunities that he has now because the ball is in his hands so much, and it wouldn't be. But they're all, they're all playing to make a mark. So let's not discount that the pressure's ratcheting up on Memphis also. So I think that all flushes out, and then it comes down to two things, is who has the more talent and who makes the plays. And that's where I think the Jazz the, have the more me, talent, and, and they I, better I think, make the plays. We got the sixth man of the year. And the seventh man of the year. Does that make Derrick Rose the eighth man of the year? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, I don't think it does because he's the sixth man for the Knicks. So but it doesn't in, work that way, huh? No, because they're all they're, all the, they listed the voting, and there yeah. was more than just the three guys. Uh-huh. They're all sixth men except Ingles. Right, Ingles, because there's two guys from yes. the same team. First time, it's maybe so. I think so. It's ever happened. So he's bona fide the seventh man of the year. He's not others receiving votes in sixth man. He is the seventh man of the year. He can. They ought to give him a plaque tonight. You're legitimately the seventh man of the year. And this will be the first time in uh, five-plus weeks that they'll go back to their rotations. Because everybody's been out of it a little bit. Joe's been starting. Now he'll go back, right? I assume that Mitchell and Conley will be starting the starting backcourt tomorrow. So I would assume, yeah. They'll go yeah. back to their... Joe, Joe will go back to his seventh-man role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a plus. Obviously, getting Donovan Mitchell is a big-time plus. And Mitchell, I really believe in him. I, I believe in him as much as any jazz player that I've ever believed in since I've been here in 93. I don't go back. You believe in him more than John Stockton. No, I didn't say that. I said I believe in him as much as any jazz player since I've been here. You believe in him as much as John Stockton. What are you, Ed McMahon here? <laughs> yes, I <laughs> We went back to the Stockton era. Why not? Wow. Stockton played in just the going 80s. right back to Stockton played in the well, 80s. just repeated what I said. I don't know. Inaccurately. Nobody. Was, which absolutely. makes that city friggin' weekly award bogus. <laughs> He's sitting right here and he misquotes me two seconds after I just said it. That's a journalist right there. You misquote me right after I said it. Yeah, but it was good for the show. You believe in more. No, I didn't say that. I said I believe in as much. And maybe there'll be a time when I believe in more, but not yet. Because that would be, that would be an insult to what John Stockton accomplished. Because he's done and Donovan's getting started. Right. There's Check many, back in 10, 15 years. Too many years of getting it done in the yes. books. You can't, you can't right. compare guys who are... In their third, fourth, or fifth year to right. somebody who's played 10 or 12 or 15. That's Except just... for Magic. Oh, really? Yes. You went with him right away? So I was just like, come on. Move he over, was, Jerry West. Magic. Move over, Oscar. He was magic. He was freaking magic, man. Move over, Bill Russell. <laughs> magic happened. It did. It really did. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, you knew right off the bat, that guy, He his DNA did not come from planet Earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
that, game, that guy, put him aside. Come on, man. 20 years old and he turns out that game in game six. Go look up that game. Wow. Phenomenal. Yes. So put him aside. But I don't want to insult the legacy of John Stockton or Leonard Carrier for that man. Who's third? Third what? Well, you got two guys in jazz history that you just believe in so much. And just you just look at me, they're getting it done. Stockton is going to do everything he can. He's going to perform to the highest level possible. And, and Are you Mitchell talking too. clutchiness? Well, I, I thought that's what you were getting at, because what's the point of having it if you're not clutchiness? Clutchiness is going to it's gonna, it's gonna yeah, matter. Man, I, okay, I don't know that other guys got opportunities, because if Jeff Hornacek had an open 15-footer, I believe in him as much as anybody who's ever played the game. I thought that was going to be the third guy you went but to. I, but how many because times did he get the opportunity to not, do that? Not a lot. He made big plays in games, right. but he isn't going to get the last shot but in that's a close what game because Stockton that. is. And even right. though it's somewhat askew, because uh, having a run in the first quarter uh, sure, can put but, you in the position to if, win the ball game, if, but somehow it's not magnified as much. If the team's down 10 with five minutes to go and they got to hit a shot to get back in this game and the ball went to Jeff, you thought, this thing's going in. They got to have this right now. This is a playoff game, and they got a chance, but they got to come back here. And you thought it's going in. So there's a degree of clutchiness there. I mean, it's not an all or nothing on the last shot with two seconds left and the ball in the air. In his prime, I believed in Darren Williams. His Jazz prime. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah. Because he went to Brooklyn, and then there were. I don't even remember that. Right. I mean, I know he did, but I wasn't yeah. watching him. No, in his jazz prime. And then for a real short snapshot, a cup of coffee, Joe Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. He won that playoff series. Yeah. I said at the time, I wish this guy was five years younger. Yes. Yeah. He could have, if they would have got him at 30 31. Man, he really would have helped the team. You talk about the consummate professional. That was Joe Johnson, man. Yeah, Darren Williams had an interview with him, and they played together in, in Brooklyn. And I remember Darren having a, a quote that I read, but because I'd interviewed him so much, it was like you could hear him saying it, and there was so much excitement. And Darren is, was not, I don't know is, but at the time, was not a guy who showed a lot of excitement about anything. And Joe Johnson fired him up, which was not an easy thing to do. How about going forward, Bogey? Yeah, the two game winners last year. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't count the other day because he said he got a good look and all. I don't think it was that good. It was good I, under the circumstances. That's what I was about to say. It was probably better than anyone expected yeah. when it came out. But it's not like he had a great look in Houston and he made it. I mean, you go to the two game winners. Yeah, I thought the uh, Milwaukee thing was, was a better. pretty good look. Whew. That was still a tough shot. Scoring up, guys jumping at you. And now it had that whole buzzer beating, just let it fly, and no one's going to criticize you if you miss aspect to it. Yeah. That was that's your, that's your favorite go-to point, and that one lived it. So I hope maybe I can put Bogey in that situation too. We'll see. Put him on the list. How far up the list can you move him? We'll find out. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. we got Mike Smith, jazz analyst for AT&T Sportsnet, coming up next. And right now... We're joined by Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And Andrew, you love to cite this study, Cambridge University. I mean, Andrew, you're just, you know, you're Andrew your whole life. At what point did you think you were going to be doing something and Cambridge was going to be studying it? <laughs> yes, it, it really was a game changer. I think that study was in 2018. 
there was 30 studies before it showing our technology worked uh, works for ED. But the Cambridge one was a game changer. And what's interesting about that study is that they tested men with erectile dysfunction that were no longer responding to the pill. So I'm assuming that's severe erectile dysfunction. We're talking no function in the bedroom. The success rate was incredible, and it's totally safe. So really cool stuff. If you're out there struggling with ED, we've got a science-backed, clinically proven technology that very easily and quickly opens up the blood vessels, treats the root cause problem. The big attraction is no pill, no injections. We've seen guys turn back the clock 15 or 20 years and get back to more normal uh, function in the bedroom. So guys want to stop taking the pill, uh, but other guys want to take the pill. What's kind of the deciding thing there and what changes guys' minds? Well, if the pill is working wonderfully for you, I would say keep doing it. But if you're noticing some side effects, if the spontaneity or lack thereof is bothering you, if you got to take more and more of it, then this, this is the treatment for you. Uh, because it's this technology or pills, uh, the pills cause side effects in like 80% of men. It's significant. So if it's not working for you, I would really consider this treatment, which has no side effects and only takes two to three weeks of treatments. You got a special offer for people who want to give this a shot today. Yeah, pick up the phone, call us now, guys. Uh, you'll come in and meet with our doctor. We'll do an assessment exam. We'll do the blood flow ultrasound, totally free. You get the little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom, and you can not do treatments and just take the free if you'd like, but that is the first step. Uh, give us a call. It's no charge. 801-901-8000 is the number to give them a call. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic with a breakthrough treatment for ED. Call Andrew at 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, guys. DJ PK brought to you in part by Salt City Youth Sports. Registration now open for Skyhawk Sports Academy summer camps. Join them for action-packed, fun-filled summer of youth sports. At a location near you, choose between soccer, flag football fueled by USA football, golf, baseball, cheerleading, multi-sports camps, mini-hawk camps, and more. Find program information and register today at www.skyhawks.com. Time to welcome in Mike Smith, Utah Jazz Analyst for AT&T Sportsnet. Mike, good morning and welcome back to the show. Good morning, guys. How's so I'm cur- everybody doing? I'm right. cu- we're good. I'm curious, since you obviously played at BYU in the 80s and then you played in the NBA and then you broadcast for a long time with the Clippers and now the Jazz, have you ever seen anything like what happened with Donovan Mitchell in the playoff opener? He's out for a long time. He's good to go. No, he's not. And the team's got to go out there and kind of short notice and adapt without him. It really was a little surreal, right? Crazy. Uh, I think Rudy probably said it best, right? We didn't find out till about 4 o'clock that he wasn't going to play. And so I think it, it affected him, right? The, the, the surprise factor, here you are playing or, you know, you got all. But what I've never seen before is what happened all week, right, with the play-in games. Here are the Jazz are practicing all week long, and don't know who they're going to play until late in the week. That was a little bizarre. So that throws your preparation off a little bit. And then all of a sudden, to be thinking we get our star back, and at the last minute he's a scratch. I think it affected him. There's no question. Uh, I think I said on the air the other night, 
that Memphis looked ready and the Jazz looked rusty. And I think that assessment was fair, but that's not even taking into the fact that, you know, the whole Donovan surprise thing where you prepared for a week and said, oh, you know, here's how we're going to attack, here's how we're going to play. And, guys, I think John Morant has a size-strength advantage on the Jazz if Donovan's not out there. You saw that. The kid can really get wherever he wants to go, so he becomes uh, a, a tough matchup. As the team gets together and starts preparing and then they get to a couple hours before the game, what would you describe or how would you describe what the mood of these guys would be? The, the, I was thinking about it. The only thing I can compare it to is like, because usually the, the reason this is a really different aspect, because usually when you're on your own team, you know the inner workings, right? You know that, you know, Kevin McHale's out tonight, my teammate, or Larry Bird can't go tonight. You know that because of shoot-around and your own preparation, which is kept secret from the other team, right? Their coaches are even clandestine in their press conferences. He's questionable, or that'll be a game-time decision. But in the inner workings of your team, you know that. The only thing I can really compare it to, because this is so unique to me, is that oftentimes you'll get news late, you know, before tip-off that a certain star on another team is not playing. And, you know, coaches kind of have to manage the emotions of players that way, right? Like, all of a sudden, you're playing the Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals and Dominique's not going, right? There's a tendency to relax and say, crap, their 30-point a game guy's not going to play. And so it just, I don't know. I, I, I think it threw them a little bit. Um, I think they were over-anxious to get started. Let's just eliminate the Donovan thing because it looks like he's going to play from now on, and I'm pretty convinced with Donovan and a healthy Donovan in the lineup they can beat this Memphis team. But other than that, like it just was a weird game. It was a weird first half. I found the Jazz rusty, yes. I found them a little over-anxious. And thus, you could tell by the way their offense flowed, or better said, didn't flow, right? Bogey doesn't score. The shot selection was poor. Rudy gets two shots. I mean, it just was different and weird. And I know the results of the three ball are just astounding, right? Yang misses five, and Conley misses eight, and Clarkson misses all eight. That just doesn't happen in a regular season game. So I just felt like they were so anxious to get out there and do it and prove they could that as a result, it bit them in the butt. And if you could have reversed the halves, right, and just maybe the second half was their first half, I think they win the game. But as a result, gosh, they allowed Memphis to believe that they could win in that second quarter. That was the whole key to the game. They created and allowed Memphis to say, okay, we got a chance. And thus they got him. So all of that is in the rearview mirror and is a fact, and yet I sit here strangely calm thinking the Jazz are going to win game two, the Jazz are going to win this series in five or six games. I have so little doubt about it, I'm doubting myself about my lack of doubt, if that makes any sense. (laughs) 
But, hey, I overthink stuff all the time. That's why PK's laughing. It's like, well, at least he came clean and I didn't have to say it. At least he's got a little self-awareness after all these years. But do you have that level of confidence in the Jazz right now? Um, the answer is yes. Like, Donovan's going to play. The Jazz are going to be who they are. You know, two of my keys are, like, one is trust. you got to trust what you've seen for 72 games. So trust the system. Trust your shot. You can't all of a sudden now become scared to play and scared to be somebody you weren't. Go be who you were for all those games. Go be the team that beat Memphis three times in the regular season. So trust is huge. And I believe it. I, I, thought, I thought Jazz in six from the get-go. I did not anticipate a loss. But then again, I didn't know Donovan wasn't going to play. And the other factor for me is Rudy's got to be tough. Rudy's got to be strong. And, and he's always strong on the defensive end. He's got to be strong on the offensive end. Hold his position. Finish high. Keep the ball. You know, catch those lobs. And when Rudy's that guy on both ends, that changes the dynamic considerably. And, and he's got a tough matchup with Valanciunas. Do you have any concern that Donovan might come out overhyped and just try to do stuff that that is beyond maybe the framework of what they established? Oh, I think it's a distinct possibility. Well, that's not good. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think it's a distinct possibility that, you know, he, he, he could want to do too much. There's no question. Uh, but, you know, this is third-year Donovan, two-time All-Star Donovan, who has a playoff series and one incredible playoff series under his belt. So, different dynamic. But, I mean, does the possibility exist? Yes. I, I felt like the Jazz themselves felt that way in game one. Let's go show them. Let's go do it. And they were overhyped and, you know, little too anxious so donovan could be let's hope he isn't let's hope he lets the game come to him but i mean i'm excited guys this is this is the best time of year this is this is thinking what you play for uh, i was involved in three years of playoffs with the celtics and as a clipper player we didn't make it to the playoffs i'm sure that comes as a surprise to you guys <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, it just—it's a different level. It's a notch up. It, it's and and you know the vets. It was interesting for me to watch guys like Bird and McHale handle it. They—they they were prepared mentally to handle it. It was—it was impressive, you know, that they could ratchet up the energy and ratchet up the intensity, but yet handle their nerves. And that's what I talk about when I talk about trust and freedom. And, you know, you got to trust what you've done. You know, Mickelson went in the PGA at 50, right? This yeah. had to stay in the moment and hit one shot at a time. Is that not the greatest thing we've ever seen in golf? I think it's the greatest accomplishment in golf history. I really do. See, I tried to explain that to Bob Casper and DJ the other day, and they scoffed at me, and that's what I was saying. The greatest accomplishment in golf, and Mike Smith just backed it up. So I rest my case. Absolutely. And well, I know Bobby. Two, and... two things here. Mike's wrong, and you're a Sun Devil homer. <laughs> Boom. There it is. 
Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know the PK uh, Arizona State connection. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But listen, you could get me started on Bobby Casper and Billy because he's the greatest player that no one cared about or knew about. It's all because of going with just being promoted. Kind of left to his. That's another day for another story. We're talking hoops and playoffs. My favorite time of the year. I think that the thing that with all the stuff that's happening with Donovan that really needs to be focused on but is getting obscured, and I expect Quinn Snyder is beating this into the ground, and I don't think it's just with Rudy and Favors. and I think this is a – any five guys on the court are responsible for this. You can't give up that many offensive rebounds. That's too many extra possessions. It's too many extra shots. That bothered me way more than the turnovers, actually. And I know the turnovers were driving people nuts, but all those second shots, 16 is really twice as many as you should be giving up. I always think offensive rebounds should be in that 8-9 range. Once you get into double digits, I start raising an eyebrow. Tens uh, one thing. Right. You know, the, the Jazz had twelve. That's actually a really good number. G- Grizzlies ought to be talking to their players about guys. Twelve is a little too many. No, you're you're right because second chance points wins possessions, right? And Memphis had how many more shots than the Jazz? I think Memphis had a hundred shots in the game, and the Jazz were in the eighty-two range. The Jazz did shoot more free throws, but when you win more possessions, more chances. And listen, this is this is really a. a a matchup of two contrasting styles. You've got the New Age Jazz team, which is built out of the mold of the Warriors and the Phoenix Suns of the Nash era, where they're going to drive and kick and pick and roll and create havoc and chaos and then kick it out to order, and that order being the three-point shooters, perfectly established around the perimeter. And their whole premise, aside from Donovan's greatness, is those guys got to make shots. So O'Neal and Yang and Ingles and these guys, they got to make shots. And if they make shots, they're going to beat teams. Now you got Memphis. It's not grit and grind Memphis with Conley and Gasol and Zach Randolph that the Clippers face many times in the playoffs. It's not those guys, but it still is a contrasting style. It's still old school because they don't shoot the three well. They're athletic and big at the guard spot, which helps them against the Jazz and the Conley matchup. But they have a, a paint presence which is what you're talking about, DJ. They, they can offensive rebound. They can throw the ball to Valanchunas on a deep catch and a post-up, and he's big enough and girthy enough that he's going to give Gobert trouble because he's going to go into him. And he shoves Gobert. He's stronger, it looks like. He, lower center of gravity, he's moving him around. So this is a battle. I think you'll see a lot of favors in this series to contrast or you know combat Valanchunas and what he presents and – I mean, just think of the paint, right? Morant's going to score in the paint. They're going to throw the ball to Valanchunas. And then, of course, you can't let them get out and run. But they're not world beaters. You know, there are a few games over 500. The Jazz were, you know, 52 and 20. So you should take care of business. So now for the first time in five weeks, Joe Ingles goes back to the bench. You're Quint Snyder. What are you telling him to make sure that he maintains his level of effectiveness because he's an awful important piece of the puzzle that we got going here. Yeah, he's he's the playmaker extraordinaire. He wears multiple hats. He's clever. You know, he's sneaky. He's tricky. And he can shoot the lights out. He had arguably one of the greatest shooting years we've seen. Uh, to, he almost goes a 50-40-90 for a guy who'd never shot higher than 
say, 75% from the line. It just was a marvelous shooting year. No, you just tell Joe to be Joe. Uh, the, the bench factor is just, I don't know, at this, at this point in Joe's career, it's not, a, not about being established or, you know, getting credibility from his peers. He now has it. You know, just the fact of being runner-up to sixth man of the year, he's in that discussion. Jordan was the hands-down runaway winner, but here's Joe, his teammate. I think that was unprecedented for both guys to be one-two from the same team. It gives you an idea of the Jazz depth. But I don't worry about Joe. I really don't. He's got to shoot well for the Jazz to win, but I think I think he'll do that. So just to be clear, Mike, the reason that the Tiger Slam is the best, most difficult, most incredible thing I've seen in golf is that I think I might see another guy who is 50 win a major championship. Athletes are extending their careers. LeBron, title at 35, Brady at 43. But I'm never going to see another golfer win four straight majors ever. That part, that part is probably true. Thank you! Um, that, that, that part is true, but I thought we were talking about one singular event. Right, right. So, so let's, if you want to let, yeah, combine Let's include five or six day, events, Mike. Let's just change the goalposts to come up with your point. Whatever okay. you want to do, Mike, the floor is yours. Change all the rules, buddy. Nope, I'm fine with that. <laughs> if we're going to have the best <laughs> pure point guard year. conversation with Bowler, let's have it. Go ahead, Mike. That is the best year in golf, no question. I mean, he was so dominant, it was ridiculous. But this one event, yeah. come on. Yeah, exactly. Fill the thrill. I thought, I thought my boy Nance was going to say, Phil at 50. Oh, I like I it. I think Nance said, Phil, Phil defeats father time. So he had something up his sleeve anyway. Yeah, Phil. See, Phil and I, we're like brothers, man. I mean, his mother-in-law. Same age? Uh, maybe a little older by one, one other guy. But uh, <laughs> uh, Phil's mother-in-law, Mike, has been in my house, in my living room in Sandy, Utah. How about that? You're kidding. So it, was Amy raised up here? Yes. She went to Hillcrest High School. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, she went to Hillcrest. Get Hill- out of here. Yes. The pride, the, pride, the pride of Marty Haas? Did Marty go to Hillcrest? Hillcrest High? Oh, then, yeah. Then Marty yeah. is not only... Marty's not only state runner-up in basketball, they lose to Brighton, but I think they win the football championship. Marty is also the 100-meter state champion in running or track, and he's state champion center fielder on the baseball team. Oh, was he really? I did not know that. Yeah, that was the Hillcrest Hillcrest Huskies, 1984 or 85. Oh, cool. And I'm from California. How the heck do I know that? Of course, you played with Marty, would be my guess. (laughs) Marty was busting chops on the bus, that's why. Uh, but yeah, yeah true. she went to Hillcrest, uh, grew up in Sandy. Her mother had a little dance to the studio in her house and taught all oh. the girls in the neighborhood dance. Plus, she was a big sports fan. So they since they moved down Amy to San Diego too. years ago. But uh, yeah, when several years back, she was a big sports fan. I got to know her well. And she came over to my house a couple times for some from, for some uh, stuff. Wait, um, wait, 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 DJ. He's now saying that he dated her. That they were an item in high school. That he had her before. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I, I Come get, on. get this. Amy McBride was a Phoenix Suns dancer, and I grew up in Phoenix, so I'm sure she had heard about me at some point. 
So, so Mike, here's, here's, here's the deal. Because you've done the show so many times, you know us, but because you did it a lot when you were living in California, you weren't listening to the show, you don't know the backstory. Future shows as you come on. Well, I'll give you one backstory. PK's got hilarious Jersey stories. He may or may not have mobbed up gambling relatives. He may or may not have stolen his sister's car and wrecked it when he was specifically told not to take it. There's a lot of stories out there you got to hear. Well, you're right about all those things. Calling you from California and flying into the do the jazz games leaves me very limited. In my DJ and PK knowledge, even yeah. though I know you guys are the number one show. But mm-hmm. I'm moving up here. Yeah. So yeah. you won't be able to push things past me anymore after this. Exactly. All right. Well, we'll get you up to speed. Thanks, Mike. All right, guys. Go Jazz. Mike Smith, Utah Jazz Analyst for AT&T Sportsnet. Evan Barnes, Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for Commercial Appeal, is going to join us in 15 minutes right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Big Show show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. We've listened to a lot of Donovan Mitchell media availabilities. He was none too pleased. I appreciate his candor. He was mad. He wanted to play. And he wanted his teammates to know he wanted to play. But somebody with the Jazz decided he could not play. Nobody likes being told something that they don't want because it's for their own good. (laughs) Nobody does. So if you're going to do that, it better be the most important thing you got going. Because you've got that relationship with the player where you have to trust each other when it comes to injuries. If you're going to tell the player you're not going to play because we know better than you about you. It's for your own good. It better darn well be right. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The Davis Vision Spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com. Or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. We got playoff basketball right in front of us, Yach. But you're tweeting out during the break football news? College football doesn't rest? I don't know. It never sleeps, PK. I do. (laughs) Good. Just want to make sure everybody knows that. Want to tell people what what Yach's tweeting about? You guys Talking uh, well, a little football right there. Preseason rankings are coming out, and whatever they're worth, they're not worth much, but they're talking points, and we all like it. The Utes and Cougars are supposed to be good. That's no, what you take from it. Nobody gets more run out of meaningless polls than college football. <laughs> it's the truth. You can't argue with that. No, you really can't. They do all the same polls for basketball. They don't get nearly the run. Not right. nearly. College football, I think it's the second biggest sport we got in this country. I've been saying that for a good while, with the NFL, of course, being number one. College football has just taken off, even though the sport has morphed into so much predictability. We still get into it, and we've, we've basically created different levels. You know, we've created the group of five and the power five, and the group of five who's going to get that bid and all that stuff, and can you win your conference? And then we've created, within the Power Five, we've created uh, different levels. And even conferences who have these superpowers, they have different levels. So we have Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma. We basically put them on another level, right? 
Well, this uh, PFF preseason poll here, Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Ohio State 3. I mean, what, I don't need to read a poll to know that. Right. Oklahoma all the way down at 5. Yeah. Who they have Georgia. 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 And yeah. Georgia's in there. So the thing about that is that even though it's become predictable at the highest level, we still get into it, and they have BYU uh, 22nd, that's pro football yep. focus, uh, Utah 26th. Utah State 120 out of 130. That that's Utah State cannot do that. And I'm not saying they're going to. I really have no idea. I haven't thought about it that much. But they can't fall into where they were. And they were in 120. Yes, and but we that all was, know those days. But that was a decade ago. Right. And the last decade they had one bad season, and they bounced right out of it. They had a 3-9. Right. and nine. So they can't go pre-Gary Anderson. They just can't. They've got to find a way to at least be competitive, and then give Blake Anderson an opportunity to build the program and see what he can do before he takes off. There's your football fix. Basketball next. Evan Barnes, Memphis Grizzly beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. Time right now to welcome in Andrew Reinhardt, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Guys have been struggling with ED, Andrew. Some go to the pill, ejections, or surgery, but you got a breakthrough treatment you think is way better than all of those. Yes, we do. Wasatch Medical, we've actually got the two most advanced versions. It's called acoustic wave therapy, and basically it's a technology. You come into the clinic, it's placed on the skin, and gentle pressure waves go through the skin into the blood vessels. Kind of like breaking down a muscle in the gym, we build those blood vessels up stronger. That's one of the leading causes, by the way, of ED is damaged blood vessels, and the blood flows properly. We've had patients describe the results as life-changing. It turns back the clock in the bedroom, it can get rid of the erectile dysfunction, and it does it without a pill. So if it's all that easy, why are guys so hesitant to take their, get their ED taken care of? Well, I think coming into the ED clinic, you know, not a great thought for a lot of guys. They're a little embarrassed. Even taking the pill can be embarrassing. That stigma holds so many guys back. But think two to three weeks from now, you could be done with the treatments, uh, seeing significant results in the bedroom with the relationship probably. So I say... We can do anything for two or three weeks. The results are worth it, and we've got to get over that embarrassment because ED usually gets better before it gets worse. Or it gets gets worse before it gets better, excuse me, if you do nothing. All right, you've got a special offer right now to, uh, to set people up if they call you right now. We certainly do. Call us. The first step is the consultation exam and blood flow ultrasound with our doctor. We'll do that free. We'll give you the little gift that's very popular and produces immediate results in the bedroom. And there's 300 bucks off treatments right now, so give us a call. 801-901-8000. Call Wasatch Medical and Andrew at 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you.